We're back on Fizz Radio here on the Score 1260, and we welcome in Andrew Zolden, co-host of Inside TBT, a podcast, of course, on the basketball tournament. Andrew, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. I love talking TBT. Excited to uh, dive a little bit into Bayheim's Army and all things TBT. Well, I look forward to this tournament every single year. But, uh, of course, it's got a different feel this summer. We're in a bubble there, you know, obviously with the, the pandemic looming large. So uh, what, what's your summary, your spark notes of the safety measures that will be in place for uh, this year's tournament? Yeah, well, I mean, for starters, they have all those backup teams there, which is great. So they're planning that, and we've seen it happen a couple times so far, that if a team can't go for whatever reason, they've got a backup team that's there and quarantined ready to replace it. And I think they really are taking all the steps necessary and they're not going to, they're not going to do anything that puts anyone, whether it's players, staff, coaches, anything at risk. And they're doing a great job. They're testing multiple, multiple, multiple times. People have to quarantine their rooms for 24 hours after their first initial test. And they're bringing teams in five ish days prior to their actual first game. So they're minimizing the amount of people that are actually all going to be there at the same time. Like they don't have uh, they don't have all 24 teams there right now. They have the teams who are within five days of their next game. And then as those new teams come, when teams lose Saturday, the teams who lost will lose and the teams who have games will come in. Andrew, you gave us a bit of – uh, you mentioned the testing process. Uh, I saw Bayheim's Army pass their first round of testing. Can you give us a bit more insight on what the COVID-19 testing process looks like for TBT? Yeah, you know, I, I really wish I could. And it's not a matter of like being able to or not being able to. I just really don't know. I know that there were tests beforehand and there's constant testing going on when they're there. But I mean, what we've been doing is we've been interviewing a lot of guys that are sitting in their room for that first 24 hour period. So I know that, the, that they are taking a test when they get there and then sitting in their room for 24 hours until they get the results back on that first test. So in terms of like the actual process, I wish I could give you guys more information, but I don't think they're keeping it a secret. I think it's just like not really a huge deal or issue. They're just taking care of what they have to do of following the guidelines and making sure that everybody's safe. We're talking to Andrew Zolden, co-host of Inside TBT podcast on the basketball tournament. And uh, you could also find that on YouTube. Andrew, I'm, I'm curious about player participation. Chris McCullough is out for Bayheim's Army, which uh, we'll get to in a moment. Uh, has player participation been up, down, kind of in the middle? What's that been like? Yeah, so it's, it's weird because – there's players who, for whatever reason, testing positive, stuff like that, are not able to play. There's players who are pulling out because of safety. But then you also see, like, teams like Overseas Elite and even Bayheim's Army that are adding more guys than ever. So it's really, it's really just a mixture of what's happening. You know, there's teams that are losing players because they're worried or testing positive, like I was just saying. But Joe Johnson's playing for Overseas Elite this summer. And if there was a big three – like there was last year, he's probably not playing. So there's, there's additions, but there's also subtractions. And this, it sucks that it went down this way, but because the 64 teams got reduced to 24, there's guys like Fletcher McGee, who was going to be on the Florida TNT team, that now is on War Tampa, and that team's even better. 
So the teams are all really, really good. And it's, it's not because it was like watered down when it was 64. It's these 24 teams are not only 24 great teams, but they're, they're, they've added players from teams that were, that were kicked off or not kicked off, but couldn't play for whatever reason. House of Pain added Mike Dom. He was supposed to be on another team. He's not an Illinois alumni, but they've added him because he wants to play in the tournament and they had a spot for him. So in terms of, of player personnel and players playing, kind of what I was saying, like there are, there's more guys joining, but there's also more guys leaving. And I think because of it, TBT 2021, we could see a lot more of the Joe Johnson, Jordan Crawford, Malachi Richardson type players on all the teams throughout the tournament. So it could be a blessing in disguise in terms of player personnel moving forward. You mentioned Malachi Richardson, one of the players I'm most excited to see on a basketball court this summer. And along with Eric Devendorf, Brandon Trish, and John Gillen, I think that's one of the best backcourts in the tournament. Where do they stand in your ranking if you had to put one together? Yeah, so what we always kind of talk about is Bayheim's army is kind of due for a championship. You know, Overseas Elite won it four times. Karma's crew has been in it forever, and they finally – they finally got over the hump. They finally won the championship. You know, every year people are kind of like, I think this is the year for Karma's crew. And we were always saying that, that Bayheim's army, this could be the year that they get over the hump. My co-host Joey and I say that. But I just think the team or the, the tournament is too good to say that one specific team outside of overseas elite has a clear cut, easy or, or better path to the championship. And with, with uh, Tyler Lydon not playing, it, it changes things for Bayheim's army, obviously. But I think the players that they do have there are really, really good. I think Malachi Richardson, if he's, if he's into it and he wants to play, he could be one of the best players, if not the best player in the tournament. I'm so excited to watch him play. But I just – I don't know if their team stands out in the final 24 as much as it would stand out if they were starting at 64 in their own regional, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Like, if they were in a regional, they'd definitely be the best team in the regional. But I don't know if I can say that they're the best team in their little lower quadrant of the bracket because of all the talent that it's really starting. Essentially, Bayheim's Army is starting in the Sweet 16. And when you get to the Sweet 16 of a tournament, there's 16 great teams. Well, Andrew, you, you touched on it, talking to Andrew Zolden, uh, host of Inside TBT. Bayheim's Army has not really lived up to expectations on a year-by-year basis, and the expectations, granted, have been high, uh, sky high. I think that the fan base in Syracuse has expected, you know, titles, to be honest with you, and it hasn't happened. What do you think the issue has been? It's tough. It's tough to pinpoint one issue in a tournament that's that's most comparable to March Madness. And I just think that if you run into a team that's got a guy that's hot, it's just like March Madness when a Kemba Walker is rolling through a tournament. You know, they've got uh, they've got the winner of Men of Mackey and Bayheim or Men of Mackey and Heartfire in the first round. And it sucks that they have a bye because they could be sitting waiting for their game. And one of the guys on Heartfire Men of Mackey could show up and have 30 points in the first game and continue that hot streak in the next game. So I think the problem is just it's a, it's a tournament and upsets happen in a tournament. And also the seeds aren't 100% based on talent because there's aren't 100% based on anything really because there's no regular season or anything like that to base it on. 
So I, I think they got a tough draw this year. I think Team Hines is is really, really good in the bottom half of their bracket. And I think Challenge ALS is really good too. And it looks like they could match up with either the money team or overseas elite in the final four. And then they'd have to win that final four game and then beat maybe Carmen's crew in the championship. So when you look at all the teams that they would have to beat, I think that's your answer right there and why they've struggled is you just have to go through a lot of good teams in TBT. And uh, Tyler Lydon out, Chris McCullen out, and Andrew Men of Mackey has Isaac Haas, the seven foot three former Purdue center. Uh, could you see uh, Bayheim's Army struggling down low with the loss of two of their best front court players? I mean, it's definitely not going to help, but in TBT, it's, it's mainly been about guard play. If you have good guards, you can, you can get the job done, assuming you have serviceable big men as well. So I think if, if the other big, if the bigger guys on Bayheim's Army can kind of step up and, and exceed what they're expected to do, and then the guards on Bayheim's Army can meet expectations, then I think there shouldn't be any struggles if Men of Mackey win. But if Men of Mackey win, you got Isaac Haas. If Hartfire wins, you got Isaiah Austin. So you're running into big guys left and right. But I think guard play is really, really important. And Seth Greenberg said this when we were on his show the other day about Bayheim's Army, that they have really good guards and really good guard play. And that's what's guard play and veteran experience and older teams is what you need in TBT. And Bayheim's Army has all of that. So it really is the year. If they're going to do it, I feel like it's this year. But if they don't do it and they lose their first game, no one's going to be surprised. Another another thing that's always fun about this tournament and the Syracuse Regional was so great last year. The, the community was so engaged and I think that'll be sorely missed. But Elam ending. It's, uh, it's a really refreshing change of pace. And Andrew, I, I imagine as a big TBT guy, you're probably all in on it. So I, I am all in on the Elam ending. And I don't think it should be in, adapted into the NBA, adopted, adapted, both words work. I don't <laughs> think it should be adapted or adopted into the NBA for a regular game in regulation. But the NBL is adopting it for overtime starting next year. And I think that's where it really could be beneficial, not just for, for viewing, for a viewing standpoint. It's cool to see a game end like that. But if you have a back-to-back -back in the NBA, you don't want a game going into double or triple overtime. You don't even really want a game going into overtime at all. So if you stick an Elam ending on it, you know when the game is ending. You know, it, you're, it would improve the quality of play. And to bring Syracuse into this, there's not going to be any 17 overtime games or whatever that one game was. And I know that was cool in the moment, but the players will tell you that that was not a lot of fun that night and the next day. So for player safety, I think the Elam ending helps with longevity of games, but I really do think it's cool. And it makes like off brand basketball tournaments really, really cool. Like I think it would be cool if, if in college basketball, like the, the Jimmy V invitational, or the, or the Maui Invitational or, or any of those tournaments had something like the Elam ending that just make it, make it more exciting and make it a little different. And uh, new rotations, of course, only eight or nine guys really playing in a 32-minute game. Also, ESPN set to broadcast every single game of TBT. Uh, do you have any insight on what the broadcasting process may look like? 
Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty confident they're going to be uh, they're going to be remote, and I think they're going to be together. I'm not 100 percent sure. I would love to be a part of the broadcast. We're hoping that. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be grabbing players after the game and doing like a quick three or four minute interview in post game, and then getting those interviews up really quick online. I mean, we're hoping those kind of take off, and maybe we can get some live ESPN action out of it. But in terms of the broadcast, I think they will not be there because they're not bringing people in and out. Check out Inside TBT. It's a tremendous podcast YouTube show on the basketball tournament and Bayheim's Army will play next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday on ESPN. Andrew, thanks for taking the time with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys.